Okay, we will start. Okay. All right, we're going to talk a little bit actually about the three weeks, a little bit. Um, someone asked me, one of our listeners asked us to dedicate this year, Lili Nishmas. Her grandmother, Chayabas Rebgershin Yosef, was missed a couple weeks ago. She actually asked me a couple weeks ago. But um, I think this is the first year since then, so it should be an Iwe for her Nishama. And as well, as it's always, a Rafu Shalem of Reb Shalem Aleib Ben Miriam. Okay, Chazal Talas Asfalos. Five things happened to Klai Yisrael on Shabbat Betamuz, and five things happened on Tishabov. Shabbat Betamuz. Okay, Shivasa Batam was the first thing that happened was Nishtabru Haluchais. Klayasel made the eagle and the Luchais were broken. Batal Hatamid, the Tamid was Batal, the Tamid that was being brought in the Vesamigdash was not brought anymore on Shivasa Batamas. Hufka Ha'ir in the second Vesamigdash on Shivasa Batamas, the, they broke through the walls of Yishalayim. Saraf Apaistamis as Hatayra. Apaistamis was a Rasha who burnt the Tyra. That was also Shivasa Bitabuz. The Hamid Salam Bahal and a Salam was placed in the Hechal on Shivasa Bitamas. Fish above five other things happened. Now of these five things um, if you think about it, I once heard a Vart from, it was uh, the Biskarov, the final of Rafa had a son. His name was Chaim Salavechik. He was, unfortunately, he was, an, he, was one, he was from all the Biskarov sons, his best son in learning. But unfortunately, after the war, he was not able to handle that uh, his mother and siblings had been killed in the war. And he, uh, what we would call today, had a little bit of a nervous breakdown. And he wasn't 100% normal the rest of his life. He was Mr. a couple of years ago, but he was a big Elu. So I once heard, that Tyra said over from him, so I once heard a beautiful word that he said on this, on this Shivasa Batamas. He said, what is Shivasa Batamas? He walked into this Medrash, the night of Shivasa Batamas, and he went over to Tamachacham and he said, he says, what's Shivasa Batamas? What are you supposed to take out of Shivasa Batamas? So he said, if you look at the five things that happened on Shivasa Batamas, this is the beginning of Klai Yisrael. This is the beginning of our relationship with the Rabbi Nishalaylam. We have Matan Taira and we're getting the first thing from the Rabbi Nishalaylam. And before we even have a chance to get them, they're gone. Batal HaTamid, the Avoidah the Beit HaMikdash, Hufka Ha'ir, that's Yerushalayim, Sarafa Paistimesas HaTaira, that's the Taira. He says, what makes Klai Yisrael? If I would ask a person what makes Klai Yisrael, I would say, you know what makes Klai Yisrael? Torah makes Klai Yisrael. Yushalayim makes Klai Yisrael. Abes HaMikdash makes Klai Yisrael. 
And all of these were taken from us on Shavasar Betamuz. The Torah was burnt and the Lukas were broken. The Beis Hamikdash wasn't destroyed, but the Avoid in the Beis Hamikdash, the Tamid, Atzalim in the Heichal. That's basically a lack of Kedusha in the Beis Hamikdash. Yushalayim is broken through. We don't have a city, we don't have a Torah, we don't have a Beis Hamikdash. You would think those are the ingredients that are at the end of a Kalisra. What makes a nation? A nation has to have a place, a nation has to have a city, a capital, a laws. They have to have something to them. But if they don't have any of them, they're not a nation. So you would think that Shivatsar Batamas, if you look, everything that happened Shivatsar Batamas should have been the ingredients for the end of Kla Yisrael. And in his words, he said, and what does a Yid do? What does a Jew do? When he gets up in the morning, he washes Nagavasar. And he says, Berchaz And then he says, Berchaz HaShachar. And then he davens. And then he learns. And then he davens some more. That means to say, we're still here. Kla Yisrael is still here. Because... We are not bound by anything physical. Because at the end of the day, Luchais, as much as they were, they were Ruchni, but they were a physical thing that came to this world. Yerushalayim is a physical place. They all have Kedusha to them, not taking it away. But Kalaiso is not bound by the physical. Kalaiso is Nitzchi. Kalaiso is Ruchni. You could think you're taking away our Yerushalayim you could think you're taking away our Beis Hamikdash. you could think you're taking away our Torah and in such a beautiful way he said when he talked about a posthumous burnt the Torah he said only a Narisha guy could think that you could burn the Torah only a Narisha guy could think you take a safe return you burn it and that's the end of it he said Adarabha he said the exact opposite happens what happens when a posthumous burnt the Torah when Rabbi Rabbeinu HaKadosh wrote the Mishnah, he wrote a Mishnah that said, five things happened on Shavasar Betamas. And one of those things was, Saraf HaPoistimus HaSatayr. It's written in the Mishnah. What happens when you learn those four words? Saraf HaPoistimus HaSatayr. Or Shavasar Betamas. Six words, seven words. Saraf HaPoistimus HaSatayr. For each word of Taira of learning Taira, you get a mitzvah of Limana Taira. If you say, B'Shivasa B'Tamas, Sarah, Papa, you just got seven mitzvahs of Limana Taira. You say that a hundred times, you have seven hundred mitzvahs of Limana Taira. From Apaistimus burning the Taira, he made more Taira. He turned it into Taira. That's the Nitzvah of Klai from bur- it's such a beautiful verse. It's Russian was from burning Tyra, it makes more Tyra, and that's what Klai Yisrael is all about. You could burn Klai Yisrael, you could burn Yerushalayim, you could take the Tzelim and put in the Heichal, and it's a terrible tragedy. I'm not taking away from it, but the, the lesson of Shivasa Betamaz is that two thousand years later, Klai Yisrael gets up, and we're not in this fall. We could be in the middle of nowhere. We could be in America. We could be anywhere, and we'll get up. And we'll still say Birchas HaTayra. And we'll still say Birchas HaShachar. And we'll still be Mispalo. And we'll still toward, uh, turn towards Yerushalayim. And towards to the, turn towards the Makam HaMikdash. That's the lesson of Shivasa Betamuz. With all the tragedies that happened, we're still Yidin. And we still have a Tayra. And we still have a Rabbi Nishalaylam. And we still have a Shaykhist to the Rabbi Nishalaylam. That's the lesson of Shivasa Betamuz. The Nitzchiyas of Kla Yisrael. From burning Tyra, you make more Tyra. From burning Klai Yisrael, there's just more Klai Yisrael. Because one of the things Klai Yisrael is compared to is Afar. 
offer all the time. Klaisol, not the Oynesh Yaisal offer. Ve'efra Avraham Avinu said, we find the offer, Klaisol's Nidmal offer. Rashi says over there, why is it offer? Why is Klaisol compared to offer to dirt? Because you cannot destroy dirt. You take dirt and you burn it, it'll be singed, it'll turn black. It's still there. You take wood and you burn it, it turns into ashes. You can't destroy it. Klai cannot be destroyed. That's the Nitzchias of Klai Because Klai is not Gashmi. Klai is not just in the physical world. Something in the physical world could be destroyed. Ruchnias can't be destroyed. Adarab, it's like a flame. You try to put it out, you try to suppress it. What happens? It flares up even more. That's Klai and in fact, the, one of the Mepharshim, the Marshal, Shlem Aluria, Nakamara, he says, Vanisha Mati Pirish Akar, I'll tell you another Pshat and why Klayuso is compared to dirt. Because Ma Ofar Hakal Darsim everyone steps on the dirt. But what's the end? The dirt's on top of everyone. A person's buried in the dirt, the dirt's on top of him. He can walk on the dirt his whole life. At the end, the dirt's on top. So too, Kla Yisrael, that Kozman were in Golis and we're in Elamazer, everyone is the rest of Everyone steps on us. But the dirt's still there. The dirt doesn't get you. Step on a flower, the flower's dead. It's finished. The dirt you step on it, it's stepped on. It gets packed together. It gets put a little lower. It gets dirty. It's still there. And the end result is with the Saifi they rest us on the call. And that's Kla Yisrael. That's the lesson of Shivasa Bitamud. And that's the lesson of Khurban. The lesson of Khurban is that we're celebrating, not ce- we're commemorating Kla Yisrael's destruction of so much, but yet, look, we're still here. It doesn't make any sense. It's Mabal al It doesn't make any sense. Any other nation went through half of what we went through, wouldn't be around, and they talk aren't around all those nations. But Christ is still, still here with everything. That's the lesson of a Shivasar Batamas, the Nitzchias of Klai Yisrael. Everything that makes a nation, identifies a nation, seems to have been breached. Yushalayim, the Luchais, the Tamid, the Talim and the Heichel, the Torah, and yet Klai Yisrael is still here. We learned last week, two weeks ago, Parsha's Bullock. Parsha's Bullock is a very unique Parsha. The Chsam Seifer in a Tshuva. It's very interesting. Tshuva, he's trying to define what is called an Ikr. There's a big Machlaikis Harishainim in how many Ikrim there are. We know the same, the Rambam says there's 13 Ikrim, 13 Animamins, other Rishainim, the Balo Ikrim holds there's only three. There's a big Machlaikis how many Ikrim there are. And the Rambam is, and, the, and I'm sorry, the Chsam Seifer over there is talking about what's an Iker. And what defines an Iker. Not everything he says that if you don't believe in it, is a per, if let's say a person doesn't believe in a certain thing, so Chazal call him a Kaifer or an Afikairis. That doesn't necessarily define something as an Iker. An Iker is something that if you don't believe in it, or if it's not something that's the word an ikr, it's not a mainstay, the entire tire, so to speak, will fall apart. For example, if you don't believe there's a Rabbanu Shalaylam, as a Hayya so then why would you believe in a tire? That has to be an ikr. But the one that he's dealing with is believing in the Gula, believing in Mashiach. Is that an ikr or not? 
and he's out to prove that if you don't believe in the Gula, you're an Apikairis. You're a Kaifer. Because the Torah says there's going to be a Gula. But it's not necessarily an Iker. Because just because there's not going to be... Let's say, for whatever reason, I decide that there's going to be no Gula. Does that now allow me not to keep the Torah? What does the Gula have to do with the Torah? Hashem took me out of Mitzrayim. I'm his Eved. I have to keep the Torah. So if Hashem tells me I become that according to one man I lost forever they'll never come back let's say so what? So now I don't have to keep the tire anymore? I still have to keep the tire. It's not that's the it's food for thought in what's called an ikr. But what the Sansever makes a very interesting observation about Parsha's Bullock. And that is, every single Parsha in the Torah there has been a quote-unquote Jewish eyewitness to. A Messiah Ishmi Pi'ish that it happened. We have a Messiah Ishmi Pi'ish back to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Kabbalah Satayra, and even to the Avis before, before Mitzrayim, the Avis, the Shvatim, there was a Messiah what was going on there. And he even says, we even have a Messiah on Riyah Shemayim Va'aretz. Because Adam Arishan was created, he looked around, he had no father, he had no mother, he saw a brand new world, he understood the Zerubayim Shalalim, and he was on that Madreig, obviously, to see a lot deeper than we see. And he told it over to his children. And he told them all about the hate of the Nachash, and he told them everything. So, he told it over, and he, the way he says it, he told it to Shane. And Shane was the Rebbe of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov was 50 when Shane was Nifter, so Shane told everything that happened with the Darmabal and Darflog and everything all over to Yaakov. Yaakov told it to, uh, to, to Levi, to Amram, and finished. And that's how we have an eyewitness to the entire Torah. Our Torah is a Messiah from beginning to end, except for one Parsha there was not one eyewitness to. That's the Parsha of Balak and Bilam. Kaisal sitting there in the Midbar, and they have no clue what is going on with Balak and Bilam. Balak decides to hire Bilam. Bilam comes to looking out from on top of a mountain, Raisha Giva, to looking over Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael sitting there doing what they do. No one saw, no one knew. If not for Hashem telling Moshe Rabbeinu to write it in the Torah, we never would have known about it. That is the uniqueness of Parsha's Balak. That Parsha till the end at least is that it's something that we don't have an eyewitness Messiah to. And he just, the reason he brings it in, he goes to Long Arichas to explain it, he says, if you don't believe, and this is why it's really there, it's not really what I want to talk about, but just to say why he's saying it, he says, if you don't believe that Tarshish Bilam ha- happened, the person's a Kaifer. It's in the Torah. Is Tarshish Bilam one of the Ikrim? No. Because not everything that if you don't believe in it makes you a kaifer becomes an ikr. They're not totally zeb Again, the needs, it, it's, it's a big mach like this Rambam and Sefer Ikrim to shmuz bifnei and what exactly they want from that. But this is the food for thought. Just because you, if you don't believe in it, if you don't believe that there's a parshas bilam, is the same thing you don't believe that Mashiach's going to come. You're a kaifer. That doesn't mean it's an ikr in our das, an ikr in the Torah. But so now, back to Parsha's Bilam. So look, some Sayyid is observing that there's something special about different about this Parsha. There's no eyewitnesses. So why is it that it's written in the Torah? 
Why is it written in the Torah? Every other parish in the Torah is written, and we have a Messiah, Ishmi Pi'ish. Not every story that was ever, ever happened is written in the Torah. Even the ones that we have eyewitnesses to, or customs not in the Torah, many things that are not in the Torah. We don't even know what they are. Ramavinu, the Nisan that he had day in, day out. Hundreds of millions and billions of them probably. He could have written stories from the day to tomorrow without a whole series, Mustama. It's not in the Torah, whatever reason. Hashem decided not to. So why is Parsha's Bilam there? So it could be, I was thinking that perhaps the Torah wanted to teach us a lesson that had to be in the Torah, but there was really no other place to put it. Because after we went out of Mitzrayim, Christ shall live like Malachim. After Mount Torah, we were in the Midbar like Malachim. Hashem wanted to teach us about Golos. Hashem wanted to teach us a very important lesson. No matter where we are, you should know that there's always going to be someone plotting against us. Balak and Bilam is the most unbelievable story. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar points out that Bilam had such a hatred for Klai Yisrael. Hashem sent him so many signs that he should stop what he's doing. And don't forget, he's the biggest Kaisim Ksamen. What's a Kaisim? A Kaisim is someone who knows all how to read the signs. He's the biggest sign language person. And yet, doesn't pay attention to any of them. Any other person would think he's blind. It was his Rishis that was blinding him. His Akzarius that was blind. He wanted to curse Kla Yisrael. Hashem sends him so many, he's still doing it. And then the Asin talks to him. Right? He says, why are you hitting me? He says, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar is the most politicist thing in the world. He says, he should have been like a little Steinem. He should have been astonished that Austin's talking to him. Instead, he says, no, because you're playing around with me. I'm trying to get you to go. He talks to him straight out. Uh, how could it be? He's not in his fault. He had one thing driving him, and that's his hatred for Klai Yisrael. You know, Bill Amar, is this the backtrack? Bilam, it says, it's a Kel Moitziah Mimitzrayim, he said two times in his brothers that he said to Klai Yisrael. What was he saying? The Zayar says that Bilam, we all would have been Meshubit. Why? Says the Grapi, the Zayar, because Bilam, Bilam was one of those who gave the Eitzah for Sheba Mitzrayim. Shalosh Ayyabaisa Eitzah. Right? So Bilam was one of those. Bilam tied up Klai Yisrael in the world of Kishuf in so many different knots that it would be impossible for any other Kishuf person to untie them. The Zayar says that when Bilam heard Klaiso went out of Mitzrayim, he went to the forest and started pulling out his hair. He said, it's not possible. I tied them in such knots, it's impossible. There's only one way they got out of Mitzrayim. Kel Maitziyah Mitzrayim. That's what it is. We would also why we never yeah, it was impossible for us to get out of Mitzrayim. The Kishif that Bilam had put on us, Bilam was the, the chief, the expert in Kishif. This Bilam's hatred for Kaisra was driving him. Hashem wanted to teach us there's always going to be a Bila that is going to go above and beyond the norm to try to hurt the Kla Yisrael. But Hashem wanted to teach us that Midah Kenegah Midah He will go above and beyond the Teva to save us. 
What did Hashem do? What was Bilam's big godless? He knew the moment every day that Hashem gets angry. One, I don't know, millionth of a second that Hashem gets angry. And if you're able to start a curse at that moment, or say something at that moment, it could become true. So what did Hashem do? He changed the Teva. He didn't get angry all those days. Hashem wanted to teach Kla Yisrael that as many people are going to come against the Shalai Kederach HaTeva I'm going to be there Shalai Kederach HaTeva to save you here Kla Yisrael was on the highest of Madregas but it was taught to them beyond their backs or above their heads so to speak and in fact Rabbeinu Bechai says Rabbeinu Bechai says that Bilam when he went to overlook Kla Yisrael he wanted to see them all he wanted to get one good view of all them and curse them says the Pazuk Vayelach Shefi says Rabbeinu Bechai Shefi is Rosh Etevois Se Pizura Yisrael that Hashem spread them out he didn't let Bilam get a view of the entire Kla Yisrael and he couldn't curse us then and that's the Nitzchias of Kla Yisrael Se'pizuri Yisrael Hashem was telling Kla Yisrael I'm going to spread you out amongst the nations and that in itself is a recipe for disaster it's a recipe for assimilation any other nation that spread doesn't have a land doesn't have anything tying them together that's it. A couple of diaries and they're finished. The melting pot. And Kla Yisrael, Adirabba. That's how the Rabbi Hashem Hashem did it stucker for us that he was Mephazras, he spread us out over the entire world. Because number one, the danger of Kla Yisrael assimilating doesn't exist. Because we're Nitzchi. And the vet, it's going to be possible that it could be Halakim of Kla Yisrael. But Klai Yisrael will never become totally assimilated. That's the Nitzchias of Klai Yisrael. Hashem never lets it happen. Whether we like it or not. Whether we want it or not. That's one of the other things that Bilam said. Says the Nitziv. If Klai Yisrael lives badad alone amongst the Umayis, Yishkain, they'll be very happy. Uvagayim, but then they try to assimilate. Lo yischashav, the guy won't even be makshiv him anything, because that's as we saw in Mitzrayim. The more Klaisel try to assimilate, vayakutsu, their Klaisel tries to assimilate, it doesn't work, vayakutsu. It's like kaitzim. Kaitzim are thorns. Thorns don't mix with other bushes. They, stay, they don't mix together. Klaisel doesn't mix with other bushes. It doesn't work. That's the Nitzchias of Klai Yisrael. The other... So that's... That danger of spreading us out in assimilation occurs to Amadrega, but it can't... Klai Yisrael can never be totally assimilated. So that's the stucca, because if Klai Yisrael is all in one place, there's a bigger danger of the guy coming and obliterating them. The stalka is that whenever there's a in one place, Torah is already growing in a different place. It's not over here, it's growing over there. That's the Pizroi, that's the Pizr, that's Pizuri Yisrael. That's the lesson the Rabbi wanted to teach with the parasha of Balak. A parasha that seems totally out of place in the Torah. 
the whole thing is that a Moshe Rabbeinu there's nothing in that parsha. what does Hashem want from us again it's not here for stories Torah is Torah everything in the Torah is written for a purpose to teach us and this was the lesson for Klai Yisrael the Dairis. this was the lesson of Klai Yisrael Gullus that yes as the Biskarov said, Hallelujah, Hashem, Kol Goyim, Shabuchu, Kol Omen. Kigavar Aleinu Chastai. All the nations are going to praise Hashem. Why? Kigavar Aleinu Chastai. Why are all the nations going to praise Hashem? Because Chesed was done for Klai Yisrael. Said the Biskarov, and it's really a Medjish, I think it might even be an Eicha, the Medjish says that one of the Romans told one of the Amirim or one of the Tanoim that you should know that every year we get together in our parliament in Rome and we make zeras against Klai Yisrael and all of a sudden at the end when we're about to sign the decree some old man comes in and convinces us out of it and that's the end of it that's the end of the zera. And that's the chesed. We don't even know what the Umas Olam are plotting against us. Because they know better the chesed of Hashem. We only know what we hear. We only know the plots that made it through. But all the machshavas and all the planning and the plots that they were planning for Klai Yisrael that never even made it off the ground that were foiled by the Rabbi Yisrael and Hateva the Gaim know better than us. Allah said, Lavai, who's going to give even a bigger shvach to the Rabbi Yisrael and They will, because they, if they would open their eyes, will see it even more clear than we see it. And that's the parish of Bilam. We could be sitting we could be sitting somewhere and what happens we don't even know that there's a bullock and a bilam and not just planning like we said the Rabbi Yishon is putting every stop in the way for bullock and bilam and what happens they're going the Azarius is there the Rishis is there the Lord Ben Abichai says there's not a person in the world who would have continued except for bilam not a person like Echad Ba'ilam who would have continued after all the signs he still went because he's vicious, he's azorious, he wanted to kill Klai, he wanted to curse Klai Yisrael. That's the lesson that the Rabbani Shalom will save us, he'll do things to trip them up, even if it means going out of his way, not to get, obviously if Hashem gets angry, there's a reason for it. There's obviously a reason for it, whatever it is. But Hashem gets a moment of anger. The Rabbani Shalom didn't get angry all those days in order that he shouldn't have the chance. And then he finally saw, it's not going to happen. If the Rabbi Misham doesn't want to curse them, then there's no way that I can curse them. That's the lesson of a Parsha's Bilam. And it's really the lesson, as I started off before, of Shavasar Batamus. That's the lesson of the Abelus. That's the lesson of the Khurban. Like we've said many times to Shane and Yaakov Emden. Yaakov Emden says that when he's misfinan and he thinks about the Klaisel is a set, the Zura, and Shivim Zaevim, the nace, the Klaisel still exists in this Gallus, is a bigger nace than all the Nisim that happened between Mitzrayim and the Midbar and all those Nisim. It's a much bigger nace. And the longer the nace goes, he says, the longer the gullus is, the nace becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what we have to look at. When we look at it, a churban, and a vada, we have to be misabel, and we have to think about what we lost. 
But at the same time, we have to get such a chizik and amuna. It's not a depression that we get out of it. A person, of course, has to be sad about it. But it's not a hopelessness. Because the lesson has to be not get over it and move on. How many years are you going to cry over the Beis HaMikdash? 2,000 years. How many? Just get over it already and move on. But we don't get over it because it's still here. Because we understand that although these things are temporarily gone, but the Nitzchius of Klai Yisrael is still here. And Kalzman, we're here. There's a Muna that the Rabbi Yisrael is going to bring us back to Yerushalayim. And there'll be a Beis HaMikdash. And we'll be back to the original the original level of the Luchais, Luchas Rishonais, the level we got by Luchas Rishonais will come back, lots of love. All of these things we're going to get back. But even though we lost them, we're still here. The Nitzchiyas of Klai Yisrael. A person has to be misbeinen. A person has to think a little bit. Number one, and realize that since we don't know what the Gaim are planning, there's nothing really we could do about it. Except one thing. If a person could think that there are plots and there are plans and we'll take care of them as we go along, the Savior could fool himself to think we could do something about it. But when we learn the lesson of a Bilam, that it makes no difference, there's always going to be that Bilam and that Balak and we don't know about it. And we could be in mortal danger. So what are we going to do about it? By the time we find out about it, who knows what to be? So what are we supposed to do? There's only one thing to do. is to turn to the Rabbi Nishalayim. To turn to the Chizik of the Rabbi Nishalayim. To turn to Amuna, To get close to the Rabbi Nishalayim. To connect with the Rabbi Nishalayim. And if we connect with the Rabbi Nishalayim, if we take that bracha, and Chazal tell us that all of the brachas of Bilam ended up being clawless. They turned around to clawless during the Dairis. Everything he said ended up sometime being a clawless too because he really didn't mean it as a bracha. Again, like, 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 like Hashem told Lavan, we don't need your clawless and we don't need your brachas either. We don't need it. Chazal tells every one of them except that remains always a bracha and that's what we need to connect with everything to connect with Torah to connect with Tefillah connect with the Rabbi Nishalem connect with Amuna, to connect with brachas like we said so many times to live with the Rabbi Nishalem because there's nothing else there's nothing else for us to feel secure Kalei is on the highest level in the midbar with a Moshe with a Aaron with a Nani covered. and look still Bilam and Balak we needed Hashem's intervention here without us knowing Kalvachimer that we're in Golis and the Gaim are out to get us and we know they're out to get us Kalvachimer all the things that they're planning the things they tell us and the things they don't tell us there's nothing for us to do except to turn to the Rabbi Nishlelam and if we turn to the Rabbi Nishlelam we connect to the Rabbi Nishlelam then we're assured that we have Nitzchias. We're assured that we're connected to the Ruchnias of the Rabbi Nishlael. We're connected to the Nitzchias of the Taira. You could burn the Taira, you could break the Luchas, you could burn Yerushalayim, but Kalai is above that. We're connected to Yerushalayim Shomailo. We're connected to the Taira, which is Nitzchias. We're connected to the Beit Hamnigdash Shalomailo. We're connected. Our Nishamas are connected to the Rabbi Nishlael. We have to strengthen that connection. We have to bring ourselves closer to the Kedusha. 
of the Rabbi Nishalam and the Nitzchiyas. But we're always connected as far as we go. And the Rabbi Nishalam is always there for us. The, as much as the Gayim come and try to destroy us, Taira is always going to grow like the Meshachachma, the famous one in Parshas B'chul Kaisai, where he tracks the entire Gullus of Kala Yisrael and he shows that Kala gets too comfortable, the Rabbi Nishalayim throws them up and brings a Ruach Sa'ara and says who, who do you think you are? You're a Jew and you're not one of these Gayim and he throws them to a new land and in that land Taira starts growing and there's yeshivas and a lot of Taira is being nitzchadish and then Klai Yisrael gets comfortable again and the thing, same thing continues that's the nitzchis of Klai Yisrael Kalzman we're attached to the Taira we're okay if we leave the Taira if the Goyim come and try, then the Goyim will try, will come and burn the Tyra. When we leave it, we want to be like the Goyim, they'll come and burn the Tyra. They can't burn the Tyra. It's Saras for Klai Yisrael. Tyra will grow, Tyra will vac, Tyra will flourish wherever we are. Because Tyra is Nitzchi. Klai Yisrael will flourish, because Klai Yisrael is Nitzchi. But we have to realize that number one, Klai Yisrael is Nitzchiyas is Ruchni, not to be Mu'ur of Goyim, not to be affected by the Goyim, we have to live amongst them, not to be affected by their style, not to be affected by their mode of speech, not to be affected b'chlal, about, about, with, with living amongst the Goyim. It's very hard. We don't even realize how much it seeps itself into our culture and to everything about us, the way we speak, the way we... Everything. I once heard a... I just heard recently on a tape from Rabbi Yisrael he was talking about this he says, everybody, we all know how much it seeps in he says I'll tell you the musig the musig of a good time you see the, the old European Rishashivas he wasn't the only one the others talk about the musig of a good time some American thing he says a good time is a- a- answering up a shver that's a good time any other good time are not really good times a baloney Okay, that's already a madrega that you can't even think of having a good time. But to think about modes of dress and modes of speech and just modes of acting and just the way we are. Just the way we are. Unfortunately, we're very more of Ben Hagoyim. And we don't even realize, I, I don't even say, we don't even realize how it slowly seeps in. The, the tumor that's out there in the world today, the... the the priestess that's out there in the world today is super. there was never a Goyish generation like this I don't know maybe in Dara Mabel I don't know such priestess that the way there is such a lack of anything and it's reflected in everything about the culture it's reflected in the speech it's reflected in the dress it's reflected in Nanhaga it's reflected in the food, in the, in the mahalach of eating. It's reflected everywhere. And it gets lower and lower and lower and lower. And unfortunately, little bits of it seeps in to our, to our ruchnius. And we don't even realize it. And slowly but surely, you see things that maybe 10 or 15 years ago, you wouldn't even have dreamed that such a thing could be. That people could talk a certain way. That people could dress a certain way. That could, people could act a certain way. It's the way You don't maybe remember 15 years ago, but it's not that long ago. And it's, it's, it's a palette. And, and, and sometimes I look around, and I can almost college from it. And I can see, what, what's go, how did it happen? It seeped in slowly but surely. And we don't even realize... 
it becomes a norm. People think this is a norm. You look this way, you dress this way, you act this way. But really it's coming from the, the princess of the Gaim. It's coming from the vulgar Gaim. That's where it's really come from. Sometimes you don't even realize what's behind the thing that we're doing, where it really came from. The Rev even once said over that there's a certain nigan, a certain nigan that is sung all over by all yeshivas and all everything. And the words are Yiddish words. And he said he once met an old Hungarian Jew who once heard some Bakram singing, talking about 50 years ago, Bakram singing this nigan on Purim, on some Chastaira. And he said, I can't believe it. You know where that nigan comes from? From the dregs of European society, from the most disgusting, vulgar preachers, friar. He couldn't believe it. Somehow, okay, you want to say this, this idea of the Makadish things, that's a different idea. But he could, how did he even make it in? He made it in, basically. I'll tell you what it is. You, you would, I'm not going to say you know, exactly what the nigan is. But... You, it's just a standard again. It's it. I mean, you wouldn't even think. And uh, now with our music, and who knows what they would have. Uh, <laughs> it could be the best of our music. But you have to. You have to sometimes just be misbinding a little bit. Where does this come from? Where does the music come from? Whatever it is, where does it come from? Where does the style? What's it trying to attract? What's it trying to? T- where is it coming from? It seeps into our society. It's not Kaiso. It won't destroy Kaiso. We're Nitzchi. It could push us down. It could push us very down. We have to try to get out of it. We have to creep out of it. That's the lesson of the three weeks. That the lesson of Shivasa Bitamas is the Klaisos Nitzchi, Klaisos Ruchni. We have to be amongst the Goyim because of our Chatoim. The Rabbanishim had to put us into Golis. that we spread us out over the entire world. But there's a danger in that too. Yes, we'll never be destroyed totally. But it seeps its way in. And it's marich the gallus, and it's marich our tsaris, and it brings about more tsaris. And we have to think and realize that we are an Am Kaddish, and an Am Kaddish is above and beyond, and an Am Kaddish is not misspell from anyone, and an Am Kaddish has to be insulated, and an Am Kaddish has to be someone who says, like Evadja, the Major says, lived amongst Achab and Izevel, and Loy Lamdum in Masayim. They didn't learn from them. And that's why he gets to say, Nivuan Edoim, an Esav, who grew up amongst two tzaddikim, one used it l'tayv and one used it l'ra. It's a wonderful mida not to care and not to be nispal when it's used in the right way. When it's used to act in a vilda way, to act, address, and do whatever you want, because I don't care, that's the wrong way. When it's, I'm going to act in a tzniyastik way, I'm going to act in a tzniyastik way, I'm going to act in a tzniyastik way, and I don't care what anyone else around me does, that's az kanomer. That's the way to use the midah. And that's what we have to learn from a three weeks, from a period of avelus, a period of churban, is to understand that Klai Yisrael is here, we are nitzchi, and nitzchi means we're kadosh, and kedusha means we're separate, and we have to remain separate. And that's the way that we'll keep our kesha with the nitzchiyas, and that's the way that we'll be Nishazik Akasha with the Nitzchis. And if we do that, then the Rabbi Shalom hopefully will have Rahmanis on us. And Ain Lana, when we turn to the Rabbi Nishalom, and we're Chazik and our Amunah, and our Tfilah, and our Tairah, and everything that we always talk about when it comes to Amunah, living and trying to live a little bit more and thinking about the Rabbi Nishalom during the day, if you think about the Rabbi Nishalom, when it comes the next thing, you say, how could I do this, or how could I say this, or how could I wear this? 
I'm with the Rabbeinu Shalalam. I'm talking to the Rabbeinu Shalalam. Would I wear this if I'm talk, going to shul? When I'm making a bracha, I'm not in shul, but it's close to it. So how could I act this way? How could I eat this way? Whatever it is, every person with Himach Regosim has to make a cheshvan on Efesh. But that's the lesson. It's to reconnect with the Rabbeinu Shalalam. Reconnect with the Nitzchias. We're being misabel because it's really still there. It's something that's going to come back. It's not something that we're ever going to forget. Because once we forget it, it's gone. But it's never gone, so we can't forget it. And therefore... We have to reconnect with the Nitzchias and the Ruchnias. If we do that, hopefully the Rabbi Nishalaylam, still time, this Tishab of Kabir Sos and the Simcha, it could turn into a Yantif. If we take it to heart, to Avelus, the Rabbi Nishalaylam will bring it and will be Zaycha to see the Gulish Lame of the Arab Yamayim.